Kraken Fancast, the podcast for Seattle Kraken fans by Seattle Kraken fans. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kraken Fancast. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'll be joined momentarily by my colleagues Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson for some Seattle Kraken hockey talk. Today, we'll go over some of the most recent games, some team news, and analyze how the standings look throughout the league and how the Kraken are fitting into all of that at this point of the season. For those of you who are new to the FanCast or just need a reminder, Kraken FanCast focuses on all subject matter about the National Hockey League's newest team, the Seattle Kraken. We share news about the team, analyze their play, and go over various team-related news. We'll also at times present interviews with people directly involved with the team, as well as those in the fan community. Plus, we often aim to go into some different subject matter you might not hear on other Kraken-related podcasts. I'd like to acknowledge our kind and generous sponsors, Silver City Brewery, located in Bremerton, with their beer sold throughout the state of Washington and beyond. Beer for one, beer for all. Silver City is an all-inclusive Northwest craft beer adventure in every pint. Also, big thanks to the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey-themed bar, located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. All right, guys, so since our previous episode, our Seattle Kraken have had a mix of experiences, which unfortunately includes a losing streak after enjoying a long win streak. Uh, starting off the month was a tight overtime uh, win, overtime win against the Washington Capitals. That was a Climate Pledge Arena. Uh, the Kraken got in a 2 to nothing hole in the first period, but chipped their way back in the game ultimately winning in a very dramatic fashion, a real fun fashion, seven seconds into overtime. Jim and I got to see that one right in front of us. Matt, Matty Benier scored a beautiful breakaway game-winning goal. Philip Grubauer was in goal for that game, stopping 21 of 23 shots. Unfortunately, though, folks, tides can shift very quickly in the NHL, and the Kraken found themselves in a three-game losing streak. Uh, that includes a really bad home loss to the Florida Panthers by the score of 5-1. to one. Not much to look at positively in that one, so I'll just skip that for now. Um, three days later, they took on the Montreal Canadiens in Seattle, which was a super frustrating loss by the score of 4-2. to two. I say frustrating because the Kraken actually outshot Montreal 33-16. to 16. Unbelievable. How do you lose a game like that? We got to give credit to the Canadians goalie, Jake Allen. He played a fantastically well-played game that uh, on his part. Uh, so kudos to him, but it really felt like Seattle was controlling most of that game and that they get on top eventually, but it never happened. Uh, all it takes is a small number of defensive lapses to lose a game like that, which they did. Uh, one silver lining in all of this though, we saw a little history. We saw rookie Shane Wright's first NHL goal. It was a sweet one. He scored in the first period thanks to assists by Yanni Gord and Oliver Bjorkstrand. So kudos to Shane on that one. Um, next, the Kraken headed out of town for a four-game road trip. First stop was in Washington, D.C. to take on the Capitals again. And uh, this one looked like nothing uh, like the uh, first contest against these guys. They lost 4-1. to one. Granted, that includes two late game empty netters. So the game was a little closer than the score indicates, but uh, Caps uh, had that one in hand for sure. So uh, that was another, that was a loss there. Uh, but, but, you know, when I'm starting to think, oh my God, here we go again. Is this going to be like last year? Was this going to be a long losing streak? What's going to go on? 
uh, a little bit of relief. There was a rematch against Florida on the Panthers' home ice this time, and the Kraken got some sweet revenge over that ugly previous game against that team. Uh, they won that one 5-2. to two. Beneers, Burkowski, and Gord with goals in that matchup. Martin Jones with 23 saves that day. Um, it got a little chippy near the end as the uh, Panthers' Ryan Lomborg boarded Justin Schultz uh, getting a five-minute major penalty plus a roughing call. It was interesting uh, seeing uh, Maddie, he and Matty Beneers uh, going at it after Schultz went down. So Matty uh, sticking up for his teammates there. Um, but anyway, uh, that was significant. Just there's a notable play, uh, uh, an ugly one, and uh, one that the, one of the cracking goals uh, came during that power play. So Jim and Nathan, after tearing up the league almost all of November, uh, it seems the Kraken are coming down to earth somewhat. Uh, although that Florida game was was nice relief from the from the team, uh, you know, having not having a long losing streak on that bit. Um, do we have reason to be worried, or did that Florida win indicate they're still a a top ten team? Nathan, you want to you know start out? Yeah, I don't think we have much to worry about. I mean, yeah, three losses, it happens. We're battling in the standings right now keeps going back and well i shouldn't say it keeps going back and forth between us and the kings yesterday we were flip-flopped with them down by one point uh, i think they got one point today in an overtime loss and then you know the crack and winning today so we're back to second for now tied in the points category anyway right, i'll just indicate as of our recording which is uh sunday night the 11th correct yeah so no, I don't think we have anything to really worry about. Um, one thing that I wasn't really going to touch on, I don't know much about, but uh, the Alexiak suspension, I thought that that was uh, pretty crappy. I saw Jim yesterday, and we talked about it briefly, but uh, just bringing it up, he just didn't want to didn't want to get involved in that whole conversation, and I don't blame him. But then what happened today, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen being that Alexiak, when he made his hit, it seemed clean enough, but this one was just downright nasty. The what one was with that Lom hit Lomborg against, against uh, uh, Schultz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was nice to see Matty get in there and defend his uh, his teammate. Everybody else, I thought the whole team was going to throw down, but uh, yeah, they're 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 looking they're looking okay. They're looking good. Um, today was a great win, but. They're not always going to be, you know, blowouts. They're not always going to be close games. You just got to watch it close and hope that they can get back into the winning column and stay there because three games can hurt you pretty quick. Other teams will come up and that's it. That's all it takes. Jim, thoughts? Yeah, um, obviously it was a good run there for a while. And then we got into this uh, pre-road trip situation. Uh, Chris, that game that we went to against the Caps was dynamite. Loved every bit of that. Um, remember uh, just before they dropped the puck for the overtime face up, I looked at you and I kind of said fairly loud in the crowd in section 16, I said, nothing better than overtime winning goal in section 16 and Amen. seconds later, man, that's when that we have killer. the best seat in the house. Uh, so good. Um, and then, you know, that following game against the Panthers, which I wasn't, I think you were there. Oh no. Or other people. No, I missed, I missed that one. Uh, I don't watch yeah. it on TV. That was the first game since the very start of the year. And then also going back last year, remember how many times I was saying uh, they just never seemed like they were in the game. That was one of those games for sure. That was the first feeling I'd had this year 
uh, and it was evident in that game. It was a defensive mess throughout uh, the neutral zone and our zone. Uh, transition game sucked. It was just a bad game. Um, and you know what really ticked me off about that one was uh, those back-to-back Verhage goals with seven seconds apart. We oh, all of yeah. a sudden we started exp- we started experiencing the you know quickies too. And there's a couple games here now we we've experienced that. So that's a bad pattern. That was a pattern last year. I don't want that creeping back. Um, and then, of course, the uh, Montreal game, which was – I was expecting more on the, the end of the game, but that Shane Wright goal was just nice to get that off the back. And I had to double-check when he got that. I knew he was on the ice, but there was a little bit of confusion watching the play develop. Uh, it was a beautiful goal, that one-knee one knee jam with that little push pass from Yanni Gore. Just a nice Yeah, he was, he was at the right place, goal. right time, and it was a nice snipe on his part. Yeah, no, that was uh, – I love that goal. Perfect for a first one. Um, and, you know, and there was – that game had two answer backs from Cole Caulfield as well. Uh, so, like I said, we got to get rid of that pattern there. And that, the whole 33-16 shot was frustrating, uh, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, you know, the road trip against the Caps, that was another game that felt like they were never in it. Um, it it was just grew stood on his head though. He had a nine forty four save percentage in that one. That was fantastic. That was his best game of the year. And you know, here's a stat that not nobody's talking about, but the caps blocked 20 shots. So we were throwing the puck hard. It just, it just wasn't getting through. I mean, that could have been a difference maker right there. Um, and then of course tonight's game, I, I kind of, I was rolling around the house doing a bunch of different stuff. I, so I, I didn't give it full attention, but I could tell what was going on. And it was a nice, uh, second half rally by the boys they protected the lead well it looked good um what can you say i mean jones looked good at a 920 um again our, our face off hung out at 34% which was just absolutely brutal again so um it looks good you know veneers is still lighting it up he had that down the slot one timer nobody on him that that was a great play and burakoski got his uh 10th goal so the boys are doing it good uh, you know, two more games uh, on the road here. Hopefully we can at least get two more points out of that and split this whole thing. As far as worried about where they're at, I'm not worried, just like Nathan said. I just don't want those two patterns to uh, develop with the uh, back-to-back quickies. And, you know, I think we can get through this all right. But it's it's a tough swing for sure. Yeah, coming up uh, as of this recording, so uh, we'll, we'll probably, when we're this is coming out, it'll probably be around the time of the Tampa Bay game. Uh, they'll be playing Tampa Bay uh, and Carolina on the road. Back home uh, against Winnipeg and St. Louis. One little quickie road game up in Vancouver, and then finishing up the month, finishing up the year uh, with uh, Calgary and Edmonton. Finally uh, seeing Edmonton coming in soon so uh that that'll that'll be interesting so uh a number of western conference this is a little eastern conference swing but we're going to get back to a lot of western conference games which are all going to be very important uh whether the division ones or you know looking at i mean we can kind of slide in a little bit and look a little at the standings guys um you know so we you know if if the you know the uh season ended today uh Kraken be you know second in the Pacific. They'd be you know a playoff team. They've got uh, you know they're they're among one one of the still the best uh, league teams as of uh, today. Uh, tenth, 
uh, out of the 32. So uh, as you mentioned, you know, uh, they're, they're close with, uh, as you mentioned, Nathan, they're close with LA. Um, yeah, I mean, they're still in the in, well in the mix there, losing a little bit. I mean, every team's going to go through a little losing streak, so uh, it's nothing unusual as long as it's just two, three here and there. You know, we don't want to see five, six, seven kind of thing, which we you know, we'd see. Or, you know, lose three or four games, win one. Lose another three or four games, win one. That's kind of what last year felt like. So, I don't know. What are you thinking on the standings, guys? I think they're close. They're going to remain close. It's probably, I haven't looked at Vegas's schedule. I haven't looked at LA's schedule, but I think that it's not going to be a year where somebody just hits the gas pedal and just goes. It's, it's going to bounce back and forth. I would like to catch Vegas by a couple of games, but uh, they just won't go away, which is weird coming from me. I know but uh, I would like to see if it's going to play out the way, you know, like you said, if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, you know, great. You know, we're, we're in good shape. As long as we stay above that line, that uh, that line there for the first three or four teams, I think we'll be fine. I just don't want to get in any more, you know, long skids. And yeah, I don't want to have like a year like last year where you win one, you lose two or three and or seven, you know, whatever it was. Um, It's it's hard to say exactly how it will play out, but I don't think anybody's going to pull away. It's going to be close right up to the end. Well, I I think the biggest question, you know, Jim, I mean, they they're scoring goals. They're still scoring goals. They scored goals, you know, against Florida, five goals. That's great. You know, I mean, there's going to be some games here and there with like the ones you said earlier, they're just not in it, but for the most part, they've got this offense going, you know, Burakovsky, obviously a big plus on that and Maddie and, and just all the guys who remain with the team. You're obviously seeing, we're all seeing more chemistry with them. Ebbs has been showing some good play. So nothing wrong on that. It's just the question mark is, Jones and Grubauer, which which guys are going to show up from day to day and and just the little defensive lapses like we used to see all the time. We see it a little bit this year, but uh, last year we saw it all the time. And I don't know, you know, it's like how, you know, we were saying the other, you know, an episode or two ago, you know, it's like how sustainable is, is all of this offense? Yeah, I was uh, doing my review tonight. We're basically at the one third point. And I was looking at my notes at the start of the season on our projections. And of course, I'm not close like many others. Uh, but don't feel bad. I, like you said, like many others are not close. You know, no, I, I know. But, you know, so the deal is, is I've been listening to a lot of the, the, the uh, pros and all that and the, uh, the pundits. And, you know, they, they're impressed with where we're at, obviously. But they're also saying that they don't think it's sustainable. I, I almost agree with them. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be negative in that sense. But, you know, I still got them in my mind hanging out a bubble. And that's fine because that's that's fine. That's where I thought they'd be in the first place. Can they still do this? I hope so. Some of the patterns. I did say over this last four-game stint, uh, I kind of jokingly but not really said, are we back to Haxville hockey? So I, I want to watch out for that. Um, but Vegas is still kind of surprising me. They're getting incredible goaltending from their tandem. I don't think anybody was projecting that, especially with their technically their number one guy out. Um, they're getting their goals. So that's a whole team play. 
LA, you know, we're back and forth with them, obviously, but you know what? They're a minus five in goal differential, which is kind of surprising to be that high with that. Um, one thing we've had all along is games in hand. We're hanging on games in hand anywhere from one to four. Uh, the only team that's close with us is Minnesota right now. So this is a good sign. Uh, just keep winning when you have to, especially the divisional games, and that should be good. Um, some of the surprises in the, in the Pacific to me is obviously Calgary and Markstrom's having a tough year. Um, and St. Louis, St. Louis is having a brutal year and I'm all for that because Bennington's being a little bitch. So that's, Oh fine. my God. That's the, then we just want to talk about overall NHL news guy. That's I'm seeing all of that. He, he called out his teammates and, and he, yeah, he's a rather polarizing figure. I'm saying polite. <laughs> that's the polite way of putting it. Yeah. Well, and it's been that way for three or his whole career, basically. But whatever, dude, just, you know, get with it. Knock it off. Very mercurial so, guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, I mean, we're obviously we're still doing great and I love it. Uh, it'd be interesting to see. I'm still surprised that Edmonton's playing their same old game with, you know, bad defense, shitty tending, um, and only two guys running that club. So, you know, and Minnesota's on the bubble right now. They could be a surprise team come late. I don't know if LA's going to hang where they are. They, I feel like they're going to drop some more. So as far as that goes, I, I like where we're at. We got a nice little buffer going. We can afford to fall. I don't want to, but we, I think we're okay. Well, an enormous buffer to say the least over Anaheim. They're, they're, they're going gunning for like worst team of the year here. Uh, San Jose is a mess. Vancouver. I think we were all expecting them to be a little better. Minus 12 differential and, uh, you know, cracking her eight points above them. So nothing seemingly to worry about there. So it's it's really these other five teams, you know, Vegas, Seattle, L.A., Edmonton, Calgary. But you're like you like you said, Calgary's not lighting the world on fire, nor, nor, is, nor really is Edmonton either. So, I mean, uh, although they could and there's a lot of hockey left. I mean, we're we're not even at the halfway point here, but. Um, you know, also, I guess, you know, as far as looking at the conference standings, also, it's good to keep an eye on the central and who's doing there too, as far as, you know, in case, like you said, they're a bubble team and they end up needing a wild card later on. And they're, they're, they're quite a far above most of those teams too, uh, other than, uh, Dallas and Winnipeg, even Colorado's only got 30 points. I, I, I imagine they, I could see them riding the ship and there you have a plus eight differential. So they could chip their way back in. It wouldn't surprise me, but uh, uh, maybe Minnesota to some degree. But no, nobody's nobody's uh, impressing much from there. Yeah, I am a bit uh, surprised with Winnipeg maintaining uh, to this point. Still, you know, they're hanging out pretty solid offense with the plus twenty three. And Dallas, you know, that Jason Robertson is pretty impressive these days. He could be a big time MVP. You never know, man. I'm impressed with that kid. He just keeps going. And then Colorado, you know, slow start and then the injuries, but they're slowly creeping up Yep. and there they could be trouble here coming out, but I'm still surprised they've had such a slow start that that Stanley cup hangover is pretty brutal for those boys. Um, you know what? Let's touch on the East a little bit for why not? Because yeah. uh, we got, we got some teams over there that we like. Um, yep. Uh, I mean, obviously, Boston's just ripping up the whole league in New Which Jersey. we didn't see. I, you know. No, hell no. Competitive, but, but we're like that. They may be a bubble team, you know. Uh, never mind. Yeah. There's no <laughs> Boston fan You know, as of today, you know, as we record here, 45 points. And New Jersey, 
If I Lindy yeah, get fired like two games in a 43 points uh, as of today. Absolute craziness. I mean, you know, Boston's just doing it with incredible goaltending, the best tandem in the league. Um, for, they're a plus 46. Come on. And then New yeah, Jersey. That, that's actually, that was before. Now, now it's plus 48. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, my yeah, notes were before the game. It's yeah. 40 anything at this point. It's like, what? <laughs> Yeah, but watch out. Here comes T.O. right up the alley, and yeah. which is kind of surprising because they, they started out a little bit slow, but here they, here comes Toronto, and, you know, the Bruins-Toronto thing is it goes both ways. We hate playing them in, in tight things and playoffs and vice versa. Uh, and then, of course, the surprise is the basement dwellers, Columbus, boy, that, nobody was calling that were they. I mean, they've never been over the top, kind of a bubble playoff, but, man, they are sucking at 20 points and a minus 32 with Johnny Goodrow just probably hating life right now over there. Um, <laughs> uh, and the caps are kind of surprising to me. They're just kind of mediocre 30 point club. You know, we always think of them as strong, even when they came into town, but you know, they're nothing to write home about. And you know, the blue shirt boys, the Rangers, the fans are all over them because they're right on the bubble. And uh, they're, they were expected to be a total contender this year. I could so see them that, that, creeping, kind of like what you said about Colorado, though, kind of creeping back. And they've been on a three-game win streak, the Rangers. Oh, I agree. I, totally I agree. Them, the, the, out of all of that, I agree with you all on that, but I could see them chipping away back into it. M me too. So much revolves around Shostikin on them, though. And he's not having the greatest year, considering last year he was tops. So we'll see how that develops. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a real interesting year at this point, the third – season point um obviously going to be some shifting going on but right now i think a lot of people weren't expecting what we're seeing yeah it's been it's been fun that's the beauty of the nhl you know i think there's always some surprises but uh it's nice some of our teams are part of that you know i i i i love you know i i i look at the athletic a lot and uh you know one of their uh the you know kind of overall nhl pundits uh shane uh mckindo <laughs> <laughs> so this is a few days ago. Why a great article? Why my Seattle predictions, Seattle Kraken predictions, are currently wrong? Uh, you know, and he's you know saying I thought they'd be bad, like really bad, and you know they're not. And he thought you know their only path to improvement was Grubauer, and he had no faith at all in Martin Jones. And this is months ago. This is all reasonable stuff. I think we all thought this too. You know, never saw the offense coming. Uh, certainly didn't. Well, you couldn't see anybody winning a game nine to eight. Uh, you know, also on another side, I think we all thought, you know, and maybe we'll see this over, over the season, but we thought Shane Wright would be more in the mix. Uh, but other guys are more in the mix and, and, you know, the hack stall, was he going to, was he going to be coaching past December, you know, and, uh, you know, <laughs> so, you know, I, it's, it's, and then we can go on and on. It's just funny. You know, it's funny, you know, to see how it's turned out. I mean, yeah, let's look, let's look at look at the team stats, Jim. You got those? I do. I have uh, individual players, and I've got teams. We like doing this uh, at least bi-weekly anyway. Um, let's start with uh, individuals. Uh, looks like, and by the way, I took these just before the game, and they might be tweaked a little different here. But Burakoski before the uh, Panthers game. Exactly. Uh, but I did kind of modify them a little bit. Uh, Burakovsky hanging at 27 points, leading the team. Uh, Ebbs is right behind him at 23. Uh, Beneers, I have at 22. 
uh, in goals. We have Jared McCann still lighting it up on a nice average of 12 goals. And Matty Beneers at 11. Uh, assists, Burakowski's feeding the puck beautifully. Ebbs is doing a great job at 16. And Schultz on the point at 13. A lot of those are power play uh, dishes. And once again, Morgan Geeky really took my summer advice in the plus minus yeah, category. <laughs> and he's just, he's really surprising me, man. He's a plus, plus 14. 14. 14. Yeah, yeah, 14 actually. And you know, I know, I know the analytics folks don't like talking about that, but I sure do. Uh, so he's a plus 14. Tan, I'm hanging out at a plus 12, which is not surprising. Larson solid in that plus minus. Yeah, he, he, he is. And you know, I, it's funny. There's, I got guys in my own dressing room. One of them's a defenseman, and he's he likes cutting on Larson. I look over at him every time, and I say, "Why are you cutting on him so bad?" And he's like, "Cause he's so predictable on what he does with his outlet passes, and everything." I says, "Yeah, but you know what? That guy is a solid house cleaner, taking care of business in front. Uh, he's dishing the puck off. He's conservative. He just does the job. He does, you know, he rarely makes mistakes. The mistakes he makes is getting stupid penalties. That's about it. Uh, so anyway, I, I never win that battle in the dressing room." Um, here, we're, my, one of my favorite categories, as you know, is shooting percentage. And I, I love throwing this one out because he's still hanging out there at 30.8%. <laughs> and that's Alexiak because he doesn't shoot much, but guess what? He still has four tallies. So figure that one out. Um, he, now here's my second place. You ready for this? I love this because this guy has the best shot on the team. You can quote me on this. I don't give a shit. Shane Wright at 25%. Shooting percentage, okay? Come talk to me about it if you want. And then Jared McCann at 23%. Um, <clears throat> Face-offs, we only have one guy I'm going to even say because the rest are below 50%, like hanging out at 47 and below. Ebbs is the only one at a 54% above 50. Time on ice, no surprise here. Larson, 23-plus minutes. Done, 23-plus minutes. I always find it surprising that the forward that carries the most minutes on this club consistently is Wenberg at 19, 19 plus. That's kind of a weird stat there. It's something you wouldn't think. Um, team stats. Still doing great in the goals per game at a 3.5. It's a double arrow up. Goals against. This is, uh, we're starting to enter the caution area again. Uh, it's it's down, double arrows down at a 3.19. Power play still being beautiful at a 24-4. That was before tonight, by the way. So do the math. It's still a ultra bonus, triple ups. PK is sucking the big one uh, at four down at 68.6. I'm really, I, I wonder what they're going to be doing with this in practice, man. I Something's got to be going on in a couple departments, and this is obviously one of them. And I, I really want to know who's running that show. And I think it's a divvied up effort by the coaches but something's got to change it's been hanging out here all season the other uh, shot was really bad and i'm sure you're going to get to it but i just think since we're talking about bad things i always think of the pk was terrible and face-off wins that seems to have been improving a little bit am i it, wrong well i'll get right to it here um it's coming up i have shots next uh, this is another thing that's kind of been bothering me we're at 28th in the league at a 29.2 that's a double down so the thing about that is we all know that more shots on goal increases your chances. And they've been hanging out low on a lot of these. And even, oh yeah, even, uh, you know, even old checks touting that stuff on a nightly basis. 
So got to get those shots up. Even three more game average, too. It doesn't matter. It's pucks on net, hitting bodies, hitting shin guards, hitting pants. It doesn't matter, man. Get Just do it. And then, of course, Chris, our famous other double red category, triple down is face-offs. Uh, hanging out at 31 in the league, 44.4%, which is brutal. And I know for a fact they're working on this a lot. I've witnessed it myself in practices. I've studied the crap out of it. I don't know what's going on. I do know, you know, our centers, we've got some small guys, so it could be a strength issue for sure. But that doesn't usually matter when you look at other teams. Um, that's pretty much the the individuals and the teams. Uh, it's still good. We just got those two red areas that we always talk about. And the caution is uh, goals against is on the up. But a lot of those were the, from those recent games, uh, some of those Jones games, whatever. It's just going to happen as long as we're winning. I mean, when you can win a game after letting in eight goals, that says something, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of, because of crazy games like that, probably shouldn't be looking at save percentage. I mean, Martin Jones is a, a little better than Grubauer at 890. Grubauer at 882. And that's like, oh God, that must be a team that's not winning. But no, they are. You know, can these guys get it back, you know, over 900, I hope. Uh, you know, they're just... Um, those guys just are inconsistent. Jones has played some really good games. Obviously, he's revived his career to to quite an extent, but that's probably been helped arguably by this team shooting so many, uh, or uh, rather, getting so many goals. So um, it'll again not to beat a dead horse here. We've talked about it at least a couple of times this season in episodes about well, what's going to happen when Drieger comes back. You know, huh. so it'll it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, well, I mean, go ahead. I think if you want to talk goaltending, I've got some questions on my mind. You know, how how many more starts of each guy are we going to let have before they make a decision on who's going to have the number one spot and who's going to be the understudy finishing this season anyways? And, you know, I, I think because of his contract, I think it's only going to take maybe two real good quality starts from Grubauer for them to still probably make that decision. But... I'm thinking if they can give them each three or four more starts, get into like, you know, early January, mid January, make a decision to finish out the rest of the season. But, you know, let's, let's move forward for a second. Let's look into the future to next season when Drieger's back and he's healthy and he stays healthy. What's going to happen to Jones? Are we, are we going to, I guess it, it depends on who's performing better and who's playing like shit. But in my mind, I would just assume eat the contract of Grubauer, keep Drieger because he had a lot more to show last year. Maybe not quite on paper, but if I had my choice, it would be Jones and Drieger. What do you guys think? Well, I'll tell you, Jones was purchased for injury reserve backup basically i mean he's a, his contract is cheap he was there to fill driggers you know injury he's done his job he's still going to do it he's he'll be an fa he'll they'll let him go it's not you know that's probably what will happen um they're not gonna 5.9 they're not going to dick around with grubauer's contract and you know these last what is it three starts he's had since he's been back is that right chris is it three or yeah yeah even in his losses, his numbers in these three games are better than all of last year averaged up. 
so he's doing his job as a starter, even in loss, right? So if he keeps this up and doesn't have any, you know, bad ones, um, it's his. It's his number one. And then Jones is doing exactly what he's supposed to do. And Jones got a little cold there after his hot run, but he had a good game tonight. So, you know, he'll still be considered number two as long as Grubauer continues his role. But the beauty of this position is if, if both guys are kind of playing the same, you can just keep rolling them back and forth, hot, cold, hot, cold. But, and that's what that's what they'll do. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been thinking. That's how I see it. I mean, I actually, I see Jones as a starter right now. They're easing Grubauer in more often, but it's it's a little bit of a tandem thing, uh, you know, um, I mean, I suppose a little way, I mean, we'll use the Boston Bruins as an example since we were talking about them earlier, you know, all, all, yeah, all marks the, you know, the lead guy, but obviously Swayman gets a fair amount of games there. So, but right now Jones has been the hot guy. They lean toward him more, but that could change in a month and back and forth or whatever. So it's really this tandem thing. And if then somebody really gets hot, then okay, they'll stick with them more. But right now I think it's an ambiguous situation uh I, I look at Jones as more of the starter, more of more of the slightly more reliable of the two. Uh I totally agree with Jim. I'd be shocked if he was still with the team next year. Oh, that would only be if something really unforeseen happened of like an injury or some sort of deal or trade that we just can't foresee. Um but I wouldn't hold my breath that any of those guys are back. I I wouldn't guarantee any of that. Um, we get some, some guy, somebody else. I mean, so many things could happen. There's a deal you can get for another really great goalie. Who's, I don't know who's, who the other FAs are. So I'm going totally blindly on this. I could be totally wrong, but you know, there could be some other options or opportunities and you never want to eat money. They, they're paying Grubauer a ton of money, but I don't know if Shesterkin or, or, or Vasilevsky, you know, got, you know, pissed off at their teams or whatever good away i mean that's like kind of an unbelievable thing but right i mean then i'd be like bye bye philip i mean really i mean you know it's yeah. it's not it's kind of unbelievable but crazy things happen so well, and the um, truth is and the truth is you know we're we're focusing on our club and this this kind of predicament comes into play on a lot of clubs that we don't even know about with that third goaltender you know so yeah that's true but looking forward to Driga. Hopefully he's healing up well. He was looking really solid there toward the end of the last season, wasn't he? So if he can get back to that and Grubauer, let's I'd rather look at this in more positive terms. Grubauer, you're right, Jim, looking better in general lately. So that's the Grubauer we were expecting. Get him back focused well and and playing at least decently, if not very good, as we've seen him with other teams. And you get Drieger back, then we can go back to what was originally intended last year, you know, in year three. That's entirely possible, too. So, so hard to say. So right now it's just a patchwork and we're crossing our fingers. Both Jones and Grube can play at least decently. And if that's the case, then this team will go far because obviously they're, they're scoring goals. It just just watch out the, for the bad lapses. We'll see. All right. Thank you for the stats, Jim. Appreciate that. Um, let's see one thing, uh, let's go in, I'll go in a little bit of news here. Um, 
Shane Wright, we've talked about a couple times earlier. A uh, little news with him. We actually won't be seeing with the Kraken for a few weeks because uh, he's headed to the K Canadian National Junior Team. He's been loaned to play in the 2023 World Junior Championship Tournament, which is held from December 26 to January 5. That's happening in New Brunswick and in Nova Scotia. So uh, doing this juniors tournament obviously gets him a lot of playing time. Uh, Jim, do you have any thoughts about this? Is this a good thing or is this like stalling for time? No, this was, this is a good thing. Uh, this was speculation after we all were going, okay, what's going on? What's going on? You know, I always said they didn't have a plan and then all of a sudden acted like they had a plan. Fine. It's good for him. He came and did his, his uh, stint in the AHL with Coachella, came to us, faced Montreal, made it look good to all those Montreal people that are pissed off. And that's all I care about, by the way. Um, and then, so the, the rumored mill was already happening about the, you know, World Juniors and, and Canadian team and him. And sure enough, bam, it just happened that quick. I, I was, happened to wake up early in the morning. I always do. And I fired off Twitter and there was a, some some one of the media guys up there in Canada fired off photos and had a picture of him pushing out the net. Or actually, it was video. First one on the ice and he's pushing out the nets on the ice. And I thought, there you see, that kid wants to play. He wants to get it going. And that team's going to be great. You know, they got Bedard and it's going to be a one-two punch. They're probably going to have Shane right down the uh, second center position uh, running the second line because they've got so much depth. It's good for him. Those two weeks in that Christmas tournament, basically, it's high level. The best juniors around under 20. You know, it's going to be, it's actually better for him there than even in the AHL as far as talent goes. You know, the 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 hustle, the drive is just so intense in that tournament. And they play a lot of games in round and then round robin. And it, it's going to be perfect. Then if he comes back, he comes back. And, you know, if he gets into a, uh, every third game, whatever, and they they milk them out till the end of the season, then that's perfect because we still have the log jam. Any way you look at it, maybe we get to the trade deadline, and then something happens, and then boom, he's number three center all of a sudden, right where he needs to nestle in by the end of the year, and then maybe next year something really happens and he moves up even more. So, I think it's perfect. I'm not worried about it. I am going to. Well, I always watch the World Juniors pretty deeply. I'm going to be over the top on this one. I'm not going to miss a minute. How's the U.S. Uh, team really, looking this year? You know, obviously, U.S. is always good. It's one, two, usually. It's one, two, three, four, Sweden, Finland, them. Um, and then some of those underlining teams are getting better over the year, like, you know, the, the Swiss boys and uh, stuff like that. So it's just, it's going to be a good tournament, and the, the Americans will do just fine. I think the Canadians are stronger, but the Americans can always pull it. The Americans have won gold when they were the underdog in the first place. So this tournament, this is my favorite tournament of the year in all international every year. Um, world, you know, the world championships can just get out of here and be canceled permanently. I don't care about that. Um, the Olympics is great, obviously. World Cup of Hockey needs a little more focus, uh, and I like that. But World Juniors never fails, and we all get to see those players. Every one of them gets drafted, so... It's going to be beautiful. And for any listeners who aren't clear, just to clarify, juniors, these are 16 to 20-year-olds, correct? Correct. But this will be the U-20s, you know, the world juniors. So this is, most of these guys will be anywhere from 18 to 20 for the most part. 
Gotcha. Great. Well, keep an eye out on that. I'm sure hopefully it will be on NHL Network and some other outlets should be really great. Uh, again, that's happening uh, in uh, late December, December 26th through January 5th uh, coming up. So keep an eye out on that. Keep an eye out on Shane Wright. Also, some other things. Uh, we just mentioned Coachella a little while ago. Uh, it's going to a little minor league news. Uh, the Kraken's uh, AHL affiliate, the Coachella Valley Firebirds, are only a handful of days away from their home opener on December 18th at their brand new Akashure Arena in Palm Desert, California. That team has had to play a few home games. I'm putting quotes in those home games in Seattle. And the rest of their time has been on the road. That's a, that's a real hard thing to put a team through uh, while their home arena is getting ready. So no doubt the guys are psyched to play in their new facility. Uh, big congrats to them for finally getting home. And I think they have a long home stand or home stands to kind of make up for it. Uh, as of this recording, uh, the Firebirds are fourth in the 10-team uh, Pacific Division. They had a nice five-game win streak uh, before falling to Bakersfield in a close five-to-four game. Uh, some recognizable names from uh, guys having little stints with the Kraken, uh, Andrew uh, Podolowski, Max McCormick, and Cole Lind. They're currently the players with the highest point totals uh, for that team. Also, I'll throw in, because uh, we have another affiliate in, in the ECHL, which is a double-A level league, uh, we have the Kansas City Mavericks, and they're fourth in the seven-team division of uh, the Mountain Division, that is. Uh, Third-year ECHL player Jeremy McKenna with by far the most points on the team with 24. So I wonder if he'll be able to make it into the uh, AHL in the future. We shall see. That kind of wraps it up for this episode, guys. So kind of short and sweet. I do want to mention, though, uh, Nathan, thanks for reminding me. Uh, emails from the deep. We did that a lot last uh, season. And what that is is you folks, the listeners, sending us notes through uh, Patreon, sending us emails, uh, sending us uh, posts on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just any questions, any points or subject matter you want us to go through uh, or specific questions, please send those along to us. We love to include those uh, on our program. And we haven't gotten any. We, we got a lot last year. We haven't gotten too many this year. So we want to pick that up. So please uh send those along and we'll uh, we'll get your questions and thoughts and feedback up on another episode. So, uh, but again, thanks much as always, everybody for tuning in. Big thanks to our producer, Jay Middleton. Please keep in mind, if you haven't already, as I just mentioned earlier, join us on Facebook, Twitter. We're at Cast Kraken there on Twitter, Instagram and YouTube pages. Uh, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and our own website, www.seattlecrackandfancast.com. We also hope that you'll consider supporting us on Patreon, which is a financial support platform. You can find more information for that at patreon.com slash crackandfancast. We are very, very grateful for all our supporters. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with more game discussion, news, and interviews. Lots of important games coming up for the Kraken, so we'll talk all about that. We'll also be bringing in some uh, more interviews, probably more in January coming up, but we'll have news about those uh, very soon. So for Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson, I'm Chris Porter. We thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, we say, go, go Kraken. Kraken.